Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all it's being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, it's just me and my podcast main guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Alshawabke. Welcome back to the pod. Um, thanks for having me. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Also doing well. Hanging in there. Just came up from moving a couch. Oh yeah, love moving couch time. That's the best time of the day, really. First floor, second floor, as we do. Always. And what else we're doing today is discussing the Jagu- Jacksonville Jaguars draft grades. We're At this point, you've heard a bunch of other ones already. And we're moving on to the one of our Flo- we're moving on to another Florida team, Jacksonville Jaguars. What did you have for pre-draft needs? I had um, offensive linemen, mostly tackle, uh, as well as a D tackle, cornerback, running back, linebacker, and that was it. We had a couple different ones, and I had quarterback, tight end, right guard, tackle, cornerback, safety. Those are my main ones. And if you're obviously from previous episodes, my grading will be based on those needs. Mine will be too. Let's move on to the first pick in the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had two in the first round. The first one, ninth overall, CJ Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. What did you give a grade for that pick? I gave that one a an A minus pick due to I just listed that they had a need at cornerback. And C.J. Henderson was the clear number two cornerback going into the draft behind Jeff Okuda. While they they lost, they got rid of A.J. Bouye as well, and they lost Jalen Ramsey in the trade early in the season. They felt that C.J. Henderson could be a potential Jalen Ramsey replacement. He might not, he probably won't be as good, you know, as he just starts in, but he can cover really well. He's really good at pressing and staying in the pocket and just being one-on-one man-on-man with many of the big receivers in the league. So I really like this pick for the Jaguars. I think he's a good cornerback, a good sized cornerback. And yeah, that's an A minus pick. It fits a need and he, his talent is, his value is very worth it. Mm -hmm. My thing, if I was doing your grade, I probably would give a little lower just because Although I was certainly a fan of Henderson, I believe you were as well. We did not put him in the top 10 as a projected player. He was more the maybe 13 to 17 range. But as you said, a lot of the, and just looking at the previous picks, a lot of the top defensive players were already taken. So they could have taken, I guess, a left tackle. There were three of the top four were still available at this point. But other than that, there weren't really any guys that you really wanted between here and I guess maybe Javon Kinlaw. You had a defensive tackle as a need. I didn't see it as much, which would leave CJ Henderson as arguably the best player available to fit their needs, which is why I gave it a check. Check meaning it's a need. Just having it as just a check and not a plus or minus means the value is properly there. A little higher on what we projected the picks, but in terms of the draft board that was still available to them and what they needed, it made sense. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it. I'm I, I like I liked Henderson and I know we said we didn't have him in our top ten, but when you're looking at cornerback, probably when you now don't have when you lost Ramsey and Bouye, probably should that be one of your first focuses to address. Mm-hmm. And the thing with this this team also pre draft with a lot of the projections they were gonna get Derek Brown, 
defensive tackle from Auburn. But then when Carolina took him instead of Isaiah Simmons, the Cardinals kind of act as an effect of that instead of getting a left tackle, which a lot of people thought they'd get either that or a receiver. They ended up taking Isaiah Simmons being clearly the best player available, which put the Jaguars in a tough situation. I don't know if CJ Henderson was even the best guy on their board, but in terms of what they needed, it made a lot of sense, which is why it's a good pick. I like CJ Henderson a lot. It's, it's a totally fair pick. Let's get on to the other first round pick. All right. Next pick, 20th overall, Clavon Chason, defensive end from LSU. I'll go mm-hmm. first. I gave this I gave this a zero just because I didn't have defensive end or edge rusher as a need. The value is pretty much fine. We had him right around this range. So just a zero, which I feel like that sounds worse than it is, but that means it's just a it's a fine pick. He might have been their best player available at this point because as we've talked about previously, the first round had very few surprises, which meant you weren't gonna get many steals in the first round. Which is that's why it's a zero. It's a it's a fine pick. I have no problem with it. I'm with you on that. I gave this one a B grade. I know, surprise, LSU player got a B grade. Just due to the fact that they already have Josh Allen in that as a rusher. Um, I didn't like you said, they didn't need another edge rusher as a worth a first round pick, in my opinion. They weren't in one of my needs. And the reason why I gave it a B versus just a standard C is like, yeah, he's a good player. He's probably the second best edge rusher in the in the draft. I gave it a B instead of C just due to that line of Chason and Josh Allen would be quite a ridiculous just athletic duo to rush with. And they may have replaced, because they lost uh, Yannick Ngoku, or that's not how you pronounce his name. Not yet. It's, that's Ngakwe. Ngakwe. Ngoku is the Cleveland. <laughs> Njoku. Njoku, that's the Cleveland one. <laughs> they haven't lost Ngakwe yet, but there's been a lot of, it's very tenuous, tumultuous situation there. He's likely going to be gone sooner than later. Yeah, so if they were looking to replace him, then it's it's a good pick. Probably not one they should have made in the first round. So it, it gets a B grade for me. I'm not mad about them picking him in the first round. Once I said, like I said before, best player available. And what's funny about how we're discussing this pick now compared to how we did with our favorite fits, where we had Chase on, or at least I had Chase on, because I think he makes more sense for the Jaguars than the Jaguars do for him. Or other way around, where I, I don't know, maybe scratch that. <laughs> but <laughs> the idea that Chase on as that second edge rusher is very nice that he doesn't have to be a top guy right away and you're hoping him and Allen are your defensive ends for the future. It just wasn't a major need for the Jaguars. It's a nice complimentary setup piece, but they could have gotten a lot of elsewhere, other places. Yeah, it was a good fit because you know that they're capable of developing top-level defensive ends in the league. For sure. And although truthfully, a lot of the spots, though, considering they already took a cornerback with their first pick most of their other needs couldn't really be taken here without being a reach quarterback unless they like jordan love it didn't really make a lot of sense tight end you're not taking a tight end in the first round right guard there weren't any really first round guards tackle the top five had already been taken at this point austin jackson was taken right before them cornerback and then safety none of them went until the second round 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good. It's a it's a good like I said it's a totally fine pick and as I mentioned with the dolphins bees get degrees this pick gets a degree but not much else <laughs> and so does I guess probably my next pick is in the same line their forty second overall pick Lavesca Chenault wide receiver out of Colorado similarly gave it a zero they could have probably gotten a couple of tight or wide receivers I liked better at this point in the forty second overall spot. They did need a rece- They didn't necessarily need a receiver, although they are not typically strong at receiver. They have a couple guys who they like, but no one who's a standout guy. And considering Chenault was early on a first round guy until a co- bunch of other wide receivers kind of just muddled in that spot and he fell off a little bit, you could he could be a number one wide receiver, which is why the upside on this pick is pretty solid. There is the uh, wary that. He maybe injuries or whatever other thing. There's a reason I believe that he fell, which would another bus wide receiver for the Jaguars would not look great. That's why it's zero. I probably wouldn't give it the same grade as Chase on if I was you. But let's see, what do you grade him as? I was pretty similar <coughs> similar to yours. I said B minus actually. I liked that they addressed their wide receiver situation because. I can't remember if I said wide receiver in my list of needs. I think I might have missed saying that. But I meant to say, I think if I didn't say it, I also meant to add wide receiver to my list of needs for the Jaguars. Just due to DJ Chark, I love DJ Chark. He had a great season, a great breakout season last year with all the different quarterbacks that cycled through between Foles and Minshew, pretty much. Mostly Minshew. Um so it seems clear that they're looking at him to be the number one receiver, that it's a good situation for, for Chanel to not be the main guy going in because, you know, like you mentioned, that his his style, his body of play is, he has the upside of being a number one receiver, but he's not there yet. And if he spends some time as the number two receiver or is even just a third down receiver with, with Chark as your number one, it's a good situation for him. But you also mentioned about his injury concerns and yeah, his durability, if he can remain healthy, there's some upside value to this pick, but it all comes down to how his body handles the NFL. And there's the issue that him and Shark have pretty similar skill sets as receivers. And there are certain types of skills. I think slot receivers, you can be more versatile with, like we've talked about with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I yeah. don't think the two bigger guys, two big guys in the modern NFL, I do not think are a key to success, which could make it questionable. They could both be very good receivers. It's just hard with two bigger, not as fast or electric receivers. Then you typically, and if you don't have a great quarterback who can fit in tight windows, you're just going to have a low completion percentage. These guys are, neither one is great at getting open. They're not ideal route runners. They're not top notch. They're just going to win those one-on-ones. But in the NFL, it's much harder to win a one-on-one than it is in college, where the quarterbacks are much bigger and stronger as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't love the pick. I think Denzel Mims or KJ Hamler, who I believe went the pick after, would have been much better fits for them. Yeah, I mean, it's a B-minus like grade for me. Like, yeah, I would give it B-minus or C-plus. The upside's there. There's certainly a lot of potential for this to just be a pick that in three years we kind of forget about. Well, All right. the next pick, third round, 
Yeah, you, you kind of alluded to it with your tone. Thir- 73rd overall, Devon Hamilton, defensive lineman out of OSU. I gave it a minus. We may have mentioned him once at the end of the third round in the like 100-ish spot, but I saw him in other places, fourth round or even fifth round. It's a minus. It seems like a reach here. I didn't have the defensive line as a need. There are probably a few better defensive linemen than Hamilton still on the board at this point as well. Just not a great pick. Minus. Yeah, I went with C minus. I was not a fan of this pick. Not only just because you know you mentioned that we didn't see him um, until the fourth round or later in in most mock, but I had D tackled. I had the defensive line as a potential need just due to. Losing Clays Campbell. Clays Campbell, yeah, losing Clays Campbell, and I just realized that I didn't, I didn't notice when I made my list that they were able to re-sign uh, Rodney Gunter. So, mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't that huge of a need as I originally thought. In case that I thought that they lost Gunter's Gunter, serviceable. They could, they could have if they wanted a guy, for example, with that ninth overall pick. If they wanted Kinlaw, I think that would have made more sense because then you're yeah. at least getting a top-notch guy. But Hamilton especially Hamilton, didn't seem like a good pick for them. Like he he he's good he's good with his blocking. He's not that you need blocking with, with your tackle, but <laughs> he has a little potential, but it's I don't know. I didn't even see him as that good of a player at Ohio like Ohio State was filled with many, many solid, really well structured talent on that team. Hamilton wasn't one of those guys that made you stand out. Like when you look at that defense, you had uh, David Arnett from the from the backfield that uh, Oakland Raiders they ended up drafting, or you looked at Chase Young second overall. When you those were the type of players that were when you think of Ohio State's defense, it's those guys. I believe Hamilton and Akuda third overall and Akuda as well. Can't leave out Akuda. But Hamilton, I didn't think he started until like halfway through last his senior season. I don't remember him starting. No, he wasn't. Even even if he did start the entire year, the defensive line minus Chase Young, you can't even consider because of how much attention Chase Young provides on that for op- opposing offensive linemen and how scary he is. There's just you're not going to get that in the NFL unless you have Aaron Donald or Von Miller, like an elite edge rushing player that's considerably needs double teams but very few players are going to get the kind of attention that chase young did at ohio state and hamilton's stats weren't even through the roof as that second second defensive line guy yeah well let's let's go more positive let's go to the next round okay the fourth round probably my favorite pick in this entire draft for the jacksonville jaguars 116th overall ben barch offensive lineman out of st john's minnesota this is, spoiler, my only check plus for this entire Jaguars team. We had him as a sec- third or second even round grade. He's a very solid right tackle, even though he came from a D2 school. He showed a lot of physical gifts and really dominated at the D2 level, similar to Kyle Duggar for the Patriots. And getting him in the fourth round, where there were a lot of other offensive tackles that went earlier than him that neither of us liked as much. I thought this was a nice job for them that 
even if they didn't take that uh, one of those offensive tackles in the first round, they were able to recoup and get a nice player in Barchier. I agree with you 100%. This one, this pick was also my favorite pick that the Jaguars made, given that they drafted Chase on and Henderson. Like, I like those picks. This one in the fourth round, I think, might have been their best pick. I gave it a, an A- minus grade, just due to, yeah, he was a steal. Also, it was a fourth. He, um, I believe he was a, at the Senior Bowl, he was probably one of the best tackles from what we watched. And yeah. with just a little more conditioning with the NFL side, he could pr- most likely produce immediately day one. There's a possibility of that. I I mean, they'll probably throw him in day one because they needed both their tackle spots. And I don't think, even though it's a fourth-round guy, he probably will at least season one get in there unless something unforeseen happens. Yeah, I like this pick. It's my favorite pick. I was in between A, A-. minus. I think I'm going to give him an A. I This this pick, my, my ranking, my arbitrary rankings... I, I'm going with an A on this one, not an A minus. I really like this pick for the Jaguars. Yeah. If you're gonna give Henderson an A minus, Barch probably deserves yeah. an A. Yeah. Yeah. When I looked at who I gave and the other grades for, it's Barch is an A. That totally don't disagree with you there. On their other fourth round pick or second of three, they took Josiah Scott, cornerback out of Michigan State. This one gave it a plus, not a plus, a check. Hits a need at cornerback. He's probably not going to start for them right away. He was pretty solid. Michigan State's secondary was one of their strengths in the past year or two. And this past year, he showed some nice abilities in man-to-man coverage. He's a little smaller, which won't help him too much in the NFL. But he has a nice... He's Technically, he's pretty sound. I thought the pick was fine. He was projected around the fourth round. He could develop in a year or two and be a nice second cornerback with Henderson being your top guy. There's nothing wrong with it. I gave him a B, mostly due to the fact that he has experience playing cornerback and he has experience playing safety as well. And you mentioned that safety was another need that the Jaguars had. He has ex- he has experience playing in those two positions and. You know, we we ragged on the Dolphins yesterday for drafting a cornerback for who could be, well, not yesterday, whenever, yeah, whenever we talked about the Dolphins one, we ragged about them drafting a cornerback that could have moved him to safety. Well, Scott right here, he he has experience as a cornerback, also playing as a safety role. He has really good ball hawk skills, and I really like him. I give him a B, B grade. That's a yeah, it was a totally decent pick. I B sounds good to me. Their next pick, 140th overall. This one hurt me a little bit. Shaq Quarterman, the linebacker out of Miami. I gave it a minus, but I don't really feel great about it. The reason I did was because looking at a lot of projections for him, they were in the later fifth or sixth round. But he was one of the better players on Miami. He kind of led that team for a couple of years. Not that their defense was anything special. He had a, nice, a lot of nice stats. He's the guy, the type of guy that I get very attached to from college, but ends up not doing anything in the NFL, which is pretty much why what solidified my mind. It's similar to Scooby Wright a few years back at Arizona, where he put up insane numbers for them, but was one of the top defensive players in the country. 
his I want to say junior year and then got had some injuries a senior but then went late seventh round and I just didn't understand at the time but he never did anything in the league I wouldn't be surprised if Quarterman doesn't do anything either unfortunately he's one of those classic good defensive college players that his skills he's not fast enough not strong enough his instincts are pretty decent I just don't think he'll make it as a starter in the NFL maybe as a backup maybe special teams he can do just not as a starting linebacker. So minus for me. Yeah, I gave it a C minus grade, mostly due to all everything you just mentioned, and and also that yeah, I see him being more as a special teamer as a, as opposed to a starter. There's not really much more I can say. He's just yeah, he's not yeah. not a good pick for the Jaguars. <laughs> no, it's they probably could have gotten him with one of their later picks. Moving but then, as you then as you but before we before we move on, but then you also remember that you know as we get later on in the draft, that most of these picks are going to start becoming, you know, their values. Once their values have dropped, it's there's not much to talk about with, unless they became a steal that was mentioned that was supposed to be a day two pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rest of these guys we're not going to get too much into. They had two picks in the fifth round. The first one being Daniel Thomas, safety out of Auburn. I gave it a check. I mentioned safety as a need. This is really, if you're not going to, if you're counting Scott as a cornerback, which I'm just going to keep him as a cornerback at this point. I think that's what they drafted him for. This is the first safety they're taking. Thomas had some good moments at Auburn. He clearly did not stand out because if you're looking at a team like Auburn, any standout defensive guy will rise up draft boards. He could be a developmental guy. Maybe if you are desperate in that safety position, in one of your safety positions, you can throw him in. He's not going to be anything special likely in his career. It was a fine pick. He was projected in that fifth round. No reach, not much of a fall. Check for me. Yeah, I gave it a C. It's They address their safety concerns in case they're not going to turn Scott into a safety. Their, their earlier, their fourth round pick. And, I mean, he has, he had some, like you mentioned, he had some flashes at Auburn and typically from an SEC school as one of the leaders in the backfield in the secondary. And I believe he was also a strong, like he's, his talent was also heavily used on special teams as well. So he was using the secondary, he was using special teams. It's, he's a solid player, nothing, nothing special, like you mentioned. So it's just a C grade for me. Okay. Yep. Very, that's your average would fit right in. The next guy Colin Johnson, the 165th overall wide receiver out of Texas. This one gave it a zero. I thought his value was actually not too bad, not enough to be a steal, but he could have even been a fourth round guy. But once you get to the fourth and fifth round, if it's late fourth round, mid fifth round, it's not a huge difference to me. They didn't need a wide receiver, and he's the second one they're taking behind Chanel. At this point, with your ninth pick in the draft, it's fine if you're doubling down. He's a decent player. I do actually kind of like Johnson. He didn't put up great numbers. He did two years ago, I believe. He had some decent numbers, and they regressed a little bit this past year, which is why he fell a lot. He has some good skills that can translate to the NFL. And on this Jaguars team, if he if training camp happens, we'll see about that. If he puts together a nice training camp of preseason, he could be their number three or four wide receiver by week one. That wouldn't surprise me. Just with the value that he was projected at, though, I'm going to leave it simply at that. It's a zero, but it's one of those zeros similar to Chase on where the grade is, be- I feel better about the player than the grade makes it seem. Yeah, the 
Johnson pick was all right. I I gave it a C. Like again, they didn't need to address. They need. They didn't need to draft another wide receiver. At least one in the where are we fifth round now. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just at this point you're just picking guys and hoping that they can stick to your roster. You're not none of these guys unless they're huge fall guys are going to probably be expected to start for you at any point. One of them may. That's what you're hoping, but you're throwing more just darts at the board instead of meticulously trying to find guys that'll work right away. Yeah, I gave it I'm giving it a C grade. Um I do remember him being on the other side when LSU played Texas that game last season, and he had a good showing, but it wasn't spectacular like Duvernay on their other, their number one receiver on Texas. So he's an all right pick for where they got him. I'll give it a C. Okay. Moving on to the sixth round, 189th overall pick, taking Jake Luden, quarterback of Oregon State. This one was a check for me. They needed probably a backup quarterback behind Minshew after trading Nick Foles. Luden has some similar skills to Minshew in that he's more of a gunslinging quarterback. Had some issues with accuracy and a couple of times where he'd have some high turnover games. But he's a smart quarterback, has a good arm. With 189th overall pick, the value is totally fine. People thought he could have probably sixth round, maybe fifth round would have been a spot for him. I'm cool with this pick. If he develops and you haven't, Minshew was a sixth round pick as well. Yeah. You, just if you can get two sixth round, if you can get mm-hmm. another sixth round quarterback to overperform out of the Pac-12 as well, it makes sense why they made this pick. Check for me. Yeah, I gave this a C plus. Like you mentioned, dressed uh, a possible need in having a back quarterback to Minshew. Skill set very similar to Minshew, and. Yeah, you know, he has the arm strength and his good good pocket awareness and his only issue from, from him was pretty much his decision making, which, you know, if you're gonna make Minshew your long term goal as your starter, having him as your backup doesn't hurt. I gave it a C plus. Wasn't a wasn't a spe- wasn't a special pick, but it was it wasn't a special pick that needed above a C, but it was better than your average value. Yeah, I'd agree. And then their last pick in the sixth round, two hundred sixth overall, they took Tyler Davis, tight end out of Georgia Tech. Gave this a check as well. They probably should have tried to get even with the weak tight end class. There were a lot that went in that third round where they took our probably worst pick, Devon Hamilton. If they tried to get a tight end there, might have been in their better interest. Going sixth round here, I don't just don't know what you're expecting out of a late sixth round guy. And Georgia Tech was has never been known to throw the ball much, so you're not getting much as he's pretty much going to be a blocking tight end for you, which in the sixth round I guess is fine. They do need a solid tight end who can be versatile though, and they don't have that yet. Just you want to hear a fun stat about him in in from his last season with Georgia Tech. Of course. He caught 17 passes all year and has caught only 64 passes all all four years at Georgia Tech. Not all four years. He transferred from UConn. But that makes sense. Georgia Tech play, uh, Georgia Tech just doesn't throw the ball. They've run a they've triple option offense until this last year once 
Paul Johnson left, it became more of a regular offensive playbook, but they don't throw the ball much, especially to their tight ends. I'm not, it doesn't mean anything because they've had good receivers. Most notably Calvin Johnson came out of Georgia tech, despite them not throwing the ball a lot. It's just, you're probably, you're probably getting a blocking tight end with him. You're not going to, his receiving chops. It's not even that they're not there. He just hasn't had to showcase them. And Georgia tech isn't recruiting receiving tight ends. Yeah, no, it's, I gave it a C, maybe C minus, but I'll give it a C just because the value at this point, it doesn't mean much at this point. No, it's a totally average pick. And then similarly, kind of three in a row, I guess, their seventh round pick, 223rd overall, Chris Claybrooks, cornerback out of Memphis, cornerback they needed in the seventh round. He was neither much a reach or a bust. I don't think he's going to be doing much on this team with the offseason looming that we don't really know what's going to be going on. I don't think he's going to have much of a chance to prove himself. Even he could be just a casualty. It wouldn't be shocked if he's not even on the team week one. If he is, he'll be a special teams guy at best. Also the third cornerback that they've taken. You're not, it's a seventh round pick. You're not going to get much out of him. Give it a check for the timing of the pick. And it is a position need, even if it's the third one they've taken. Yeah, I want to highlight that he had a foot injury that made him miss most of last his last season. And if he's not able to be 100% during these off-season training camps and preseason and everything, I, I see it very hard, him making it on the team week one. Yeah, I agree. He probably won't. This is it's a, Once you're in the seventh round... I think there are maybe, out of all the teams that have done, maybe three or four seventh-round picks that have a potential of being on the team week one, and he's probably not one of them. I gave it a, a C, just through his average. Yeah. And... It's a very average pick. In the seventh round, you're not going to get a terrible pick, but you're likely not going to get a pick that's truthfully worth your while. And what were your overall thoughts on the Jaguars draft? Before grades, what's your just general thought process of how their draft went? I liked most of it. There was a couple picks here and there that didn't really make sense. Well, there was one significant one that didn't make sense, but it, it two picks that didn't make sense, but one of them made sense due to his value. The other one just didn't make sense at all. The one that didn't make sense, but it made sense because of his value was chase on because we mentioned that it didn't fit a need, but then when you think about it, it wasn't when you want to address their other needs, they really wasn't much other talent unless they were going to reach for a player. So it ends up making sense that they went for him, even if they didn't exactly need him and Hamilton. I just, I was not a fan of that pick. thought that was maybe their worst pick worse than the Shaq Quarterman pick in the fourth round. I agree because 73rd to 140, there's just a big difference in what you can expect to try to get. I similarly agree with you. I said that some of the picks, just due to my grading system, I like the players and the picks better than my grading would have given them. Specifically, my zeros of Chase on, Chenault, and Colin Johnson. Even CJ Henderson, where I gave a check, it was more that we didn't necessarily have him there, but I liked him as my second cornerback, really a step ahead of everybody else, which made the pick totally acceptable at nine. The issue with them is that besides Ben Barch, they didn't get any value picks, which is kind of disappointing. Even though they hit they hit their needs on 
one, two, three, four, seven of their 12 picks, but three of them were their last three, which at that point, it's, you're just not really, it doesn't matter as much. It was kind of a hit or miss draft for them. Do you want to give me your dra- overall draft grade for them? Overall draft grade, I'll give them a B plus due to, I like the Anderson pick and the Barge pick and Chason was a good value pick, ended up being a good value pick just due to they weren't going to reach on anyone else. And, you know, disregarding their third and fourth round, not completely disregarding, but their third and fourth round moves were the reason why it, it prevented it from being an A grade for me. You're much more generous man than I am. I'm giving them a C plus. I didn't. I just said it. I thought one pick was really a standout pick, and then a few of them were fine, and then a few bad ones. Probably with at least one of those first round picks, they should have tried to make some moves with it. Either with the Henderson one, try to maybe trade down once you realize you weren't going to get either Brown or Simmons. Try to recoup a little extra value, maybe get another two first round picks for the number ninth overall and move down. And because you probably could have gotten Henderson at 14 per se. Or maybe you had the Tampa trade up at nine from 13, move down, get 13, and get something else from Tampa. There seemed like there could have been moves that the Jaguars made to improve their status because just none of their picks really impressed me. And even Barch, it's an offensive lineman from a D2 school. We do like him, but it there is some reason to be skeptical. C plus overall, slightly below average, but not not a terrible draft. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of most of their picks. Just a few here and there that just or their value really put a sour taste. So fair enough. Anything else you want to add for our Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, Duval. Duval. Uh, that's it for us. Sammy, thank you for coming on as always. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at GrassBit2020 for any updates that we have, whether it's releasing episodes or some any other fun ideas we might have going on. This is obviously part of our 32-team series. You can send us an email with any questions or comments at GrassBit2020 at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe. We are on every podcast platform. Tell your friends. And thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.